Thomas family. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with prayer. Yeah. <sighs> Heavenly Father, you're already in this place. Mm. I thank you, Father, that you are faithful, that you always show up. I thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, that he came at the right time, that you were faithful to not leave us where we were at. I thank you that through what you did, Jesus, we can have our right standing relationship with you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your presence is in this place right now. Lord, right now, I speak in faith that there's a tilling of the soil in the hearts of everybody here right now. Lord, you soften the hearts, and they are fully ready to receive your word. I speak against any hindrance of the enemy. I block that plan of the devil in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, just use me today. I'm here for you. We are here for your word, Lord. And by faith, we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I got to start by giving honor and just saying thank you to Pastor Cindy and the entire pastoral staff here at the Promise Church for trusting me to get up here and share with you guys on a Sunday morning. Um, but I really want to give honor to Pastor Henry, Apostle Henry and Pastor Jackie. Uh, without their obedience and their faithfulness to just having a heart to serve God and truly wanting to build passionate believers in Christ, I wouldn't be up here today. Without them, none of us are here. Miss him a lot. I also want to honor my wife. <laughs> you guys have no idea how much she helps me with all of these sermons. Yeah. I don't speak very good, so uh, she helps me a lot. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Love you. But my sermon title today is God is Faithful. And what is faithful? It is steadfast in affection or allegiance. It means to be loyal. That you are unswerving and dependable. In preparation for this sermon, and specifically at Pastor Jackie's funeral, the Holy Spirit told me, as Pastor Brian was up there, Pastor, that you are a faithful man. Where you got saved, where Pastor Mary got saved, you guys are still here. Pastor Andrew, you're a faithful man. You're still here. And I got a word for you, Pastor Brian, that you've been faithful with many little things. But those little things are going to become much. Because you are a faithful man. Quick story. In 2022, my wife and I, we started looking for a house. We were living with my in-laws, and every single day, driving home from work, I would pass by this neighborhood, and I always thought, Lord, that would be a good neighborhood to live in. 
It's perfect, perfect location. So my wife, we started looking at homes. We probably looked at close to 30 homes. And finally, one day, there was a house that came on the market in that neighborhood. Little problem, though. It was $25,000 over our budget. But nevertheless, that didn't stop us. We still went to look at the house. But before we went to go look at the house, I had a vision. In this vision, I'm standing in the driveway looking at the house, and there's this creamy yellow cloud of smoke that comes from the sky and just over top of the roof of the house. And once the smoke dissipated, all that was left was this light blue color, and it was a pillar of light that remained over the house. And that was it. <laughs> so I thought, uh, all right, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to do some confirmation because uh, this feels like my super good imagination right now. So I didn't, I didn't even tell Christina about the vision. So we went, we looked at the house. It was great. It was awesome. So we decided, you know what? Let's step out in faith. Let's just put our offer in anyway, even though it's $25,000 under asking price. Mind you, this is in a market where there were no houses going under asking price. Matter of fact, this is the time when people are putting like $100,000 over asking price. So we put our offer in. But sure enough, we were in that time. Here comes somebody else's offer, $40,000 over asking price. So obviously, they took their offer. Who, who could blame them? So Christina and I, we still set out, still looking at homes, and we still put two more offers in on some other houses. We came in at asking price, and there was nobody else that was putting offers in over. So we're like, we should get it, at least one of them right? No. Not even a response from the seller or the agent. Nothing. I'm like, what? This doesn't even make sense. And we still go to look at one more house. We're about to put another offer. And as we're leaving, I ask, I ask our agent, can you just follow up on that one house? He's kind of looking at me funny. He's like, yes, I'll, I'll contact the agent right now. On our way home, he calls us. He said, you guys aren't going to believe this. I look at Christina, I was like, I think I do. <laughs> he said, they started getting cold feet. So maybe if you guys rewrite your offer a little bit with their contingencies in mind, then we'll see what happens. So sure enough, we rewrite our offer based on their contingencies. And the very next morning, we get a call that they accepted our offer. $25,000 under asking price. Let me backtrack a little bit, though. I, I didn't think that the, the Holy Spirit was going to confirm the way that he did for me. 
So in the vision, I see the cloud of smoke, creamy yellow, and the light blue. Here's the amazing part. As we got to the house when we were going to look at it, there was sidewalk chalk. They had kids. There's only two colors. Creamy yellow and light blue. Was that enough for me? No, it wasn't enough for me. Nope. I said, oh, that's pretty good, Holy Spirit. But somebody's going to say something about this chalk. And we go, we look through the house. Nobody says anything. I'm like, oh, well, maybe it wasn't a vision from the Holy Spirit. Maybe that wasn't a confirmation. On our drive home, Christina said, did you see the sidewalk chalk? That means they have kids. I said, what? She said, did you see the sidewalk chalk? I was like, okay, I, I didn't tell you this, but I had a vision. And so then I went through the whole story with her. Today, we've been living in that house that the Holy Spirit gave me a vision for, for the last year and a half. God is faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it took something. It took something on our part. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I'm a science guy. This is how my, my brain works. I'm a logical thinker. So when you say substance, my mind's saying that's, that's something that I can touch. That's something that I can see. That's something that has some matter, has some feeling to it. But wait, it says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. So how can it be a substance and also be something that's not seen? That troubled me for a second. The answer is this. The spirit is more real than anything we see in the physical. You are a spirit and you have a mind and you live in a body. First, you're a spirit. The spirit comes first. This proves that faith is all spirit-led. It's not possible for it to be led by your flesh or your circumstances. You don't need faith when you can see something. It's right there, obviously. So it's impossible for faith to be produced in the flesh. Because all your flesh is about is your feelings, your emotions, and your sense knowledge. I had to have faith that God showed me that vision of our house. If I used my sense knowledge, and I would have given up when they accepted the other offer, who knows what would have happened, right? Your faith will always produce an act of God's faithfulness. Your faith will always produce an act of God's faithfulness. There is a firmness and a security when you have experienced and you know that God is faithful. We can remain in faith because we know that God is faithful. But let me ask you this. Is there anybody here 
waiting on their promise from God? Probably all of us. Anybody waiting on that vision to come to pass? Look at all the hands starting to go up. Are you waiting on your miracle because you know that God's word says it's going to happen? Yes. But are you beginning to question if it's really God's will for you to have what you are desiring according to his word? I hear one no. The question is not if God will do it, but rather, what do you believe? Who do you believe? Have you ever experienced God's faithfulness in your life? Think about it. Have you ever experienced it? And is that experience or those experiences enough for you to remain in faith? Can you trust that he's going to do it again and again and again? Because he is faithful. You see, every circumstance in life gives us an opportunity to choose. Are we going to have faith and trust in God? Or are we going to allow our circumstance to dictate whether God is faithful or not? Let's read a story. Follow me to 2 Kings 4. We'll start at verse 8. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman, a wealthy woman, was there, who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in a bed and a table, a chair, and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and he laid down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone through all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. Basically, I'm good. What can be done for her, Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son, and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord. She objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. You see, there was a stirring of the Holy Spirit in Elisha to ask the woman, what can be done for you? What caused that? It was her generosity and heart of service that prompted that very stirring. In fact, she was so willing to serve 
that she didn't want anything in return. Her response shows her true character. But we also notice something in her reaction to the prophecy. I hear a woman who maybe had hoped for children in the past, and she couldn't bear that disappointment and being let down once again. But God. But she did have a son, just like Elisha said. This isn't in the notes, but Hebrews 11.11 says, By faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. Just like Sarah, the Shunammite woman considered him faithful who had made the promise that came through Elisha, and therefore she had a son. Verse 18. The son grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told his servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. He died. Lord, is this some sick joke? Are you playing me right now? I said I didn't need anything in, re in return for my generosity. I was doing just fine. Had everything I needed. Had a husband, a house among my own people. And then you had to come in and get my hopes up. Who here might respond that way? Yes? Okay. All right. At least we got some hands going up. Because honestly, you're doing fine. You have faith. You're generous. Your character shows it. And then here comes God. But here's the thing. She didn't react, even in the slightest way, like I just portrayed. In the book of James, it says, I'll show you my faith by my works. That means faith produces an action. Let's see how she reacted in verse 21. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. What? Why did she specifically go and lay her son on the bed reserved for Elisha? As a mother... I can only imagine what she's feeling at this moment. 
Her only child just died on her lap. In her flesh, she must want to unleash the anguish and pain. She has to be feeling something. But instead, her faith produces an action to remind herself that he who promised is faithful. So she lays her son on the holy man's bed through whom that promise came. In Apostle Henry's last sermon from this pulpit, he spoke on faith, fear, doubt, and unbelief. In that sermon, he mentioned the law of first response. In short, how do you respond to bad news? You see, we can say we believe. We can say that we know God can do it and that his word says so. We could say that we're a Christian. But when our back is against the wall, what will be our reaction to the circumstance? It goes back to what I mentioned in James. I'll show you my faith by my works. I'll show you my reaction to the circumstance. So what, what was the Shunammite's first response? She shows her faithful, unswerving, steadfast trust in who she believes. And she's reminding herself of that by placing her son on the holy man's bed. When Prophet Esther was here in January, she said this profound statement. There is a truth that supersedes reality. So which one are you going to put your faith in? Who or what will you remain faithful to? Because you can remain faithful to your circumstance. Oh, believe me, it's all you're going to talk about. Everybody knows where your faith is at. Your actions and your words will show, is your faith in the circumstance? Or is it your faith in God and his faithfulness? Let's see what and who this Shunammite woman believes. Verse 22. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly in return. He said, why go to him today? He asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. She responds, that's all right. Now, I speak wife just a little bit. <laughs> guys. Guys. When your wife comes to you asking you something, you're like, but why? Nothing. There's something going on. And clearly there's something going on here in this story. This guy didn't speak wife. 
So he does exactly what she asks. Verse 24, she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? She responds, everything's all right. Speaking wife and faith at the same time. <laughs> but wait, why didn't she tell her husband? You guys beat me to the punch. She couldn't allow herself to say it out loud because it would begin to make it more real to her and she would start to lose faith. I heard this quote from Bill Johnson recently. He said, I'm not trying to be strong. I'm trying to be faithful. God doesn't need you to be strong. He just needs you to remain faithful to him. It's easy for us as Christians to fit scripture into the level of our circumstance instead of taking our circumstance to the level of scripture. What am I saying? When you talk about your circumstance, you start to give it power. So if all you do is talk about your circumstance and then sprinkle some scripture in it, what do you really believe? Instead, choose to remain unswerving, steadfast, and dependable on the word of God. Give him an unreasonable praise in the middle of your circumstance. That's showing your faith by your works. You see, faith doesn't deny the presence of a problem it just doesn't give it a voice. Let's go on to verse 27. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. She says, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? Didn't I tell you? Don't raise my hopes up. But what she doesn't say is my son is dead. And I believe God honors her faith not to speak of the circumstance. Therefore, God hides the reality of the situation from Elisha. She only says enough so that Elisha can know that something has happened to her son. See, you don't have to speak about the circumstance in detail. Because as soon as you do that, you give that power. If somebody comes and asks you, how are you doing? How's that situation? There's a way to get around it in faith. Because it, when you're squeezed in the circumstance, 
All that should come out of you is faith. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This woman's faith produced an action. I did a little bit of research. From where she lived to where Elisha was, it's estimated that the journey on a donkey would take about eight hours. That's some faith in action, right? So not only does she start her first response in faith to the circumstance, but then she travels eight hours? It's very clear that she is diligently seeking God, and she knows right where to go, to Elisha, who is the one who promised the son. Verse 29, Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet, and if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as I live, Lord, and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy is not awakened. So when Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. Now, you got to do a little math here. That's 16 hours just back and forth. It was noon when her son died. And then she still had to go speak to her husband and then go speak to the prophet and come back. Her son had been dead for hours, potentially even a day. So Elisha went in, verse 33. He shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Elisha's first response to the circumstance. Here's the physical. I'm going to pray. He had to build his faith up in that circumstance. After he prayed, verse 34, then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, and hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on the boy, the boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away, walked back and forth in the room, and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Such a weird way that God works sometimes. <laughs> I got to go and lay on this boy, mouth to mouth, face to face, like this, and then he's going to sneeze in my face. <laughs> sometimes God's way just looks a little different than what we expected. Verse 36, so Elijah summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite, and he did. When she came, he said, take your son. She came in and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Worship. 
And then she took her son and she went out. You see, it takes time and effort to build your character to this kind of level where your first response is one of faith. We know she already had character in the beginning because of her generosity and her willingness to serve without asking for anything in return. I know some of us here today have been standing in faith for many things. We have our scriptures, and we know that we know that we know that God's word is true. But every good and perfect gift comes from above. You see, God is faithful, and he always gives the perfect gift in his perfect timing. There is power produced in patience. Standing in faith and believing God that his promises are true takes patience. Imagine if you got everything that you wanted right at the time that you thought you should receive it. It might ruin us. God is faithful. There will be curveballs thrown your way to make you lose focus of what you're believing in and who you believe. As you choose to remain faithful, that is steadfast, unswerving, and patient, God strengthens your character. The Shunammite woman never reacted to her circumstance. She went straight to God, who was the source of faithfulness. After all, he was faithful to provide her with a son, and when her son died, her response of faith produced another act of God's faithfulness to bring him back to life. When you respond to circumstances in this way, like she did, it will always produce an act of God's faithfulness. To back all of this up, in Hebrews 10.23 it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. You got to hold on to that. And lastly, remember Jesus in all of this. The author and finisher of our faith. You see, Jesus, he lived in response to the Father, never in reaction to the devil. Everybody, please stand with me.
I know some people here today are struggling. It's normal for us in this life to have ups and downs. It's not easy having faith in those circumstances that we're going through. But you see, God is faithful. And the number one thing that he was faithful with was sending Jesus to die in our place. In the Bible, it says that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. But as you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you will be saved. By faith, you believe in your heart. And maybe you've never made that decision to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And so right now, I want to give an opportunity to you. If you would like to give your life to Jesus, because he has been faithful, because you know that he is love, and he showed it to us on the cross, taking our place for our sin. If you want to make that decision today, just raise your hand right where you are, and God will see your faith and faithfulness to him. Maybe you have made that decision long before, but you can feel the presence of God here right now. Your heart's beating out of your chest. I understand. I was there. If you would like to recommit your faith in God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior again, just raise your hand in that recommitment, and God is faithful to see your hand. As I said before, we're, we're all believing for something. We know God's word is true. But maybe it's been hard recently. I'm going to call the ministry team up. See, the Bible says that wherever two or three agree upon a thing, that thing shall be done for them. That's an absolute. So if you need someone to stand in faith 
with you right now. The ministry team is up here, and we're going to pray with you. But also, if you just need prayer for anything, God is faithful, and he's going to show that to you. Remain in faith and trust that he's going to bring that thing to pass. In Jesus' precious name, thank you, Lord. If you don't need prayer, you're otherwise dismissed. Thank you guys for coming out today. Love y'all.